Welcome to A History of the Inca. Episode 35, Capac Raimi. Hello and welcome once again to A History of the Inca. I am your host, Nick Mashinsky. I hope you're all doing well. I would just want to take a few moments to remind you to follow the show on our Facebook page, A History of the Inca, or on Twitter at Inca Podcast. With our due date rapidly approaching, I think it's important for you to stay up to date on the schedule of the show and any announcements. And Twitter and Facebook are great ways to engage with the show. I'm often on Twitter, sometimes on Facebook, posting pictures or links that I think are interesting and related to the show. So if you want to keep engaged with the show, I highly suggest you do both. Follow the show on Facebook and on Twitter. I also want to mention our Patreon page, where we have a variety of offerings available, such as our $1, you get a shout-out on the show, $2, you're added to our supporters page, $7, you get a sticker of the show's logo, $12, you get a mug to show off your support, and finally, our final tier, you have a small poster of Machu Picchu taken by yours truly. And I should add, if you select a higher tier, such as the mug, you get everything below that tier as well. So you not only get the mug, but you'll get the sticker, the shout out on the show as well, and your name on our supporters page. So please head over to patreon.com forward slash Inca podcast or click on the link in the show notes. And I also want to do one more thing, and that is to encourage you all to check out the Intelligence Speech Conference. The Intelligence Speech Conference is a conference, a virtual conference, used to be in person, but you know, with the pandemic, it's moved to an online platform. Anyways, it's where a lot of podcasters and content creators related to history uh, get together and give talks and speeches about their preferred subjects. Uh, I went last year. It was virtual last spring, and it was really awesome. I, I intended about seven sessions, I believe, all in a single day. It runs really all day, 10 a.m. Eastern time, and I think it goes concurrently, and there's multiple sessions uh, within an hour. So I highly recommend it. Some of the speakers are David Crowther of The History of England, uh, Bree and Fry of Pontifax Podcast, Royfield Brown, who does, he's done multiple podcasts, How Jamaica Conquered the World, 10 American Presidents, uh, just to name a few. And there are several other great podcasts and podcast hosts that are going to be presenting that day. I won't be talking at the conference this year, but I will certainly be in attendance. I just bought my ticket actually a couple days ago, and I'm really looking forward to it. The conference is going to take place on a Saturday, April 24th, and starts at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Tickets are $30, and I, I highly suggest you check it out. It really is a good, uh, good time, and you'll learn something from it. Definitely, you'll take something away from it. So I just wanted to plug that. I think it's a really cool event and uh, something for us podcasters to kind of nerd out over, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Anyways, let's get back to my script here, if I can find it. We just witnessed Tupac march as far south as the Malay River, not too far south of modern-day Santiago. 
On the way there and back, new groups and old enemies, such as the Chinchas, were brought in and subdued. And at the very end, we heard how Tupac lost perhaps his most loyal family member, Yamki Yupanki. After coming back from an arduous journey and his governor gone, Tupac now had to spend some time in Cusco. Now there were many rituals and ceremonies in the Inca's yearly calendar, and we won't be able to cover all of them in this podcast. But this week we are going to cover another important ritual to the Inca that took place in and around the capital, Capac Raimi. Enjoy. The Festival of the Lord Inca, or Capac Raimi, took place in December, around what is the summer solstice in the southern hemisphere. The ceremony served as the male initiation rites for the Inca, and this wasn't a ritual for everyone. No, this ceremony was only for the high-status individuals, the Inca only. Not even the Inca of privilege were permitted to participate in the festival. So let's dive into one of the most important festivals and ceremonies of the Inca. The first eight days of Capacraimi saw families of the boys, soon to be young warriors, work to make tunics and weapons needed for their son to participate in the ritual. Sandals from grass shined like gold. Guaracas, or slings, were made from the sinew of llama. Brown tunics were the main dress, trimmed with a black fringe. A cord of wool with a red tassel at the end tied the tunic to the body. Finally, a black headband would be donned by the young warriors. When the ninth day came, young maidens, or the Nusta Kayaxipa, entered the Wakapata of Cusco. Each maiden was chosen and assigned to a young warrior for the duration of the celebration. They were dressed in what we are told is the Cusco Axo, or the Cusco Skirt. They were anywhere from the ages of 11 to 14, and were also of high status, like the young warriors. They carried jugs of chicha, which they were to serve to the participants of the ritual at certain rest stops. Tupac Inca Yupanqui, being the Sapa Inca, would be at the Coricancha this day, witnessing the would-be warriors performing venerations to the gods and huacas housed there. At the end of this day, the young warriors and their relatives would go to the sacred hill of Wanakari, each with a llama, and camp near the hill. The next day, after fasting, they would climb the hill with a few of the llama until they reached the waka of Wanakari. Once there, the priests who attended the waka would sacrifice the llama and burn them, taking some wool enchanting prayers during the ritual. Upon this hill, the high priest, which was sometimes the Sapa Inca, gave the young warriors a sling. They would then leave Wanakari and go to a ravine called Quiras Manta. There, they were flogged by their family members with the very slings that they were given by their own family members. That is right. 
Uncles, fathers, lords beat the young warriors on the legs and arms, all while telling them, Be brave and as good of a man as I have been. Afterwards, they sang a ceremonial song called a guari. Later that day, the young warriors then marched towards Cusco, where they were met with the Raimi Napa. The Raimi Napa, or sacred llama, dedicated to the festival. This was not a real llama, but a gold one, and possibly a silver one was included. The young warriors carried the Raimi Napa to the Huacapata. Upon their arrival, they were given another beating before another guari was sung. The Nusta Kayaksapa would then give the young men chicha before a llama was sacrificed and served as a feast. After several days of rest, Kapakraimi started up once again on day 14, with the warriors and their families arriving once again at the central square of Cusco, Wakapata. On this day, the Wakas of the Coricancha were brought out, and the warriors were given cloth so they could then give it to Inti. They were then flogged on their arms and legs by their uncles, ordering them to always be obedient to their Sapa Inca. I bet you're picking up on a theme at this point. Anyways, after this flogging, the young warriors were given a star mace as they paid homage to the Sapa Inca. The young men would leave the plaza with their families and head to a place called Raru Raru to camp for the night with the young maidens traveling with them. In the morning of day 15, the young warriors traveled to a ravine called Kiaia Kolka and ate. And as I wrote this episode, I couldn't help but think of how the Inca, like many groups in the Andes, had a name for nearly every feature of the landscape. Not just a high mountain peak or river, but even small ravines and hills were significant to them. And the Kapak Raimi worked to keep that significance alive. Traveling to these specific areas to perform a sacrifice or even to camp kept up the importance of that particular space. Just something to think about. Anyways, after their breakfast, it was off to the hill called Anaguarki, where llamas were once again sacrificed by priests at the top taking wool and chanting prayers before burning the bodies. This was followed up by, what else, but a good flogging of the young warriors. This was then followed up with another song called a guarita, which included shell trumpets participating. Next, the Nusta Kaixapa ran back to Rau Rau, where they had all stayed the night before. The young warriors then lined up with their star maces as if to race down the steep slope. And when they were given the signal, they indeed set out as fast as they could to Rau Rau, where the Nusta Kaixapa were calling out to them. According to Cristobal de Molina, the source for this episode, should one of the young men fall, they would suffer serious injury and possibly even die. Those that made it were given chicha before suffering yet another flogging. 
They carried the Raimi Napa back to Cusco and into the Wakapata, where all of Hanan and Hurun Cusco were waiting. The young warriors sang the Guari with the rest of Cusco first this time, before receiving yet another beating with their own slings. The warriors, who I imagine were quite tired and bruised at this point, would travel with their relatives to the base of Guamancha, outside of Cusco, where they slept for the night. As Inti rose on the 16th day, the young warriors climbed the hill called Yawira. Tupac Inca Yupanqui would have given the warriors golden earrings, red mantles, blue tassels, and other items as well at the top of this hill. Five llamas were sacrificed afterwards, and you can guess what happened next. That's right, the glory was sung, and the young warriors received another flogging. Once again, by their uncles, who ordered their nephews to emulate their ancestors and never retreat from battle. They then all returned to Cusco, where the Wakas of the Coricancha waited to be venerated once more by the young men. But that was not all who was in attendance. The mummies of former Sapa Inca and Koya were brought into the square, and the young warriors paid homage and venerated them as well. The men asked these former rulers to make them brave and fortunate as they had once been. Full puma skins were given to the young warriors to wear. Once they donned them, they performed what is called a tarki, or dance, called a koyo. The tarki was performed twice a day for several days. All the while, livestock, clothes, gold, silver, and other items were sacrificed to the wakas as they sat in the wakapata. On the 21st day, the young men bathed in Kalispukio, a sacred spring behind Saxawaman. Then it was back to the Wakapata, where each had their principal uncle waiting for them. But this time it wasn't for a flogging. Instead, the uncle would bestow upon their nephew a shield, club, and another sling. The young warriors would then have all the necessary weapons to go to war, when they were called upon. Later on, other relatives and lords made the rounds, giving the young warriors livestock, gold, silver, and other things so that the young Inca would be wealthy and could live without need. However, each relative or lord would give them a good whack across the arms or legs as they doled out the gifts, with, of course, the occasional lesson or advice. Be brave. Honor the Wakas. Never be a traitor to Inti or the Inca. Sacrifices of cloth, llama, and birds to Viracocha and Inti ended the 21st day of Capacraimi. The 22nd day of the festival was extremely important. On this day, the young warriors would get their ears pierced, either in the fields or at their homes. We must remember that appearance was very important in the Andes. Each group wore certain garments and styles that were traditional to them. And although the Inca sought to thrust religion onto groups that they had conquered, dress and appearance were purposely left alone. This was likely to not appear overbearing, 
but also so that there wouldn't be any confusion as to who the true lords were. Thus, the elongated earlobes of the Inca, with golden plugs and earrings, were very much a status symbol, harking back all the way to Manco Capac and his siblings. The piercing of the ear was a delicate process, and the breaking of an earlobe was seen as a very ill omen. Additional sacrifices were made to the wakas of the Coricancha, and the counting of the empire's livestock began. Finally, it was the last day of Capacraimi, day 23. Huayna, Puchayo, the statue of Inti was taken out, along with the Raimi Napa to Pukin, yet another hill outside of the city. Once there, sacrifices were made to Inti, Viracocha, Iyapa, and Mamakia. The young warriors and their families all drank, feasted, and rested. Then back they marched to Cusco with Juana Punchayo, as well as the Raimi Napa. Capac Raimi was thus over, and the boys who took part were now considered Inca warriors. As you've all now learned, Capac Raimi was highly complex and a very, very long ritual. If we are to exclude the rest days, the whole festival lasted two weeks. And that is if they were truly rest days. It could be that some detail was not taken down or translated correctly when Cristobal de Molina put pen to parchment. Given that it took place opposite of Intiraimi and during the time of the year when the sun was out the longest, Capacraimi was one of the most important ceremonies for the Inca. But I didn't tell you about Capacraimi just because it's an important Inca ceremony. I told you about it because at this particular Capac Raimi that Tupac presided over, the Sapa Inca was witnessing one of his own sons, Ayer Manco, go through the ceremony when he heard of the news. There was a plot of rebellion by one of his own kin. <laughs> 